Grace be unto you, dear people of Advent, and all of our guests and friends that are here with us this night. Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and from our suffering Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for this evening, I only repeat these words that are at the very end of Matthew chapter 27. These words, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there sitting opposite the tomb. As those women were sitting opposite that tomb, were they being sympathetic to the sufferings of Christ or were they being sentimental about his suffering. There is a difference between them, you know. Sympathy is described as sorrow for someone else. Sentimentality is described as a feeling that you care. Sympathy is something that turns us outward, and sentimentality is something that turns us inward. So as Mary sat there at the tomb, was she being sentimental or was she being sympathetic? No doubt, because of the tragedy of all that she had been witnessing, no doubt it was both. And sentimentality is not necessarily a bad thing, is it? Mary Magdalene is said to have been possessed by seven demons. What that amounts to today in terms of the categories of modern psychology, we really don't know, but we do know that she experienced an enormous amount of pain and suffering. It must have been unbearable. Had she been a person that had dabbled in the occult? Had she possibly been a person who had been abused as a child? Had she lived a sinful and promiscuous life? Despite all her problems, the kind and compassionate Jesus has simply spoken the word to her and healed her both in her body and also in her soul. She had also, in the depth of her devotion, saw so much more from our Lord. The one who had died, Lazarus, he simply walked up to the tomb and he called him forth. She watched as he had the power over death. Jesus healed a woman who had had an issue of blood for some 14 years. She had merely touched the hem of his garment and she had been healed. She had also watched a sinful woman who had bent down behind Jesus, washing his feet with her tears and drying them with her hair. And Jesus reached up with heavenly authority and he brought the forgiveness of sins to her and he gave her incredible peace in her soul. And this now, this kind and loving and compassionate Savior of the world had been unjustly beaten and crucified and his body now lay dirty and stinking in the tomb. Sentimentally, she could remember all these things. But sympathetically, she could only stare at that tomb, struggling with the meaning of his death. 
all that he had lived for, all that he had taught, all that he had promised, had it been lost? I think we can relate, I know a lot of pastors can, a little bit more to this dichotomy between sentimentality and sympathy when we think about planning our own funerals. We spend all our lives here on our Lutheran worship singing eloquent hymns, proclaiming the fulfillment of a thousand years of divine promises that now brought our Savior to come into this world of ours and to redeem us from that fall of Adam and Eve. We sing joyful hymns at Christmas proclaiming the mystery of the divine incarnation into human flesh. We cannot wait for Epiphany to come as we call the church to battle at the appearance now of the promised Messiah. And we sing those doleful hymns through Lent. They march us sorrowfully to the cross to see him buy back all of humanity from death. And we cannot seem to constrain ourselves as we get ready to sing those marvelous hymns bursting out with Easter in unrestrained joy at the empty tomb and for what that means. But when it comes to those funerals, all of a sudden, I'd say some, but many, choose the drippiest non-Lutheran hymns of the American culture designed with music and words to sentimentally make people cry. That was not Mary. Her grief was deep, but her focus was not upon what she felt or her emotions. It was upon what it is that her Savior, Jesus, had endured. She was not trying to feed her emotions over this event. She was trying to do what and, and to understand what it is that he had done for her. All this is not to say that we don't necessarily want to worship here today with some degree of sentimentality. We do. I really want to sentimentally feel the awe of that centurion who stood at the foot of the cross muttering, this truly was the Son of God. I want to feel what it is that those priests felt as they heard the ground rumbling underneath them and as they looked up and they saw a 300-foot piece of cloth ripped from top to bottom like a nice passing through cellophane. Watching, understanding, seeing this holy place opened up, I want to feel what it is that those people thought when they saw prophets and saints whose bodies had long disintegrated into dust suddenly appearing and in those candlelight rooms talking to people about who Christ was. I think I even sentimentally want to be able to stand in the place of Joseph of Arimathea carrying that limp dead body of Jesus wrapped in linen placing that body into a rock-hewn tomb. But sentimentality, feelings, are not the purpose of Good Friday. I want to sympathetically step into Christ's 
pain. I want to sympathetically understand and feel his suffering, but I want to also sympathetically step into the shoes of those Roman soldiers, and I want to sympathetically drive those nails into his hands and feet, and I want to sympathetically put those thorns upon his head, and I want to sympathetically take my own hand, and I want to strike him in the face, and I want to take a whip, and I want to scourge him. And the reason I want to sympathetically do such things is because those nails and those beatings and those mockings and those scourgings were laid upon him because of my sins and he died in my place. I want to sympathetically enter into the mind and the heart of Mary, Jesus' mother, so that I can get a taste of what it means to lose a son. And if I can share in her suffering and bring my mind and heart to bear upon what it means to love without reward and to create life only to have it taken from you, to preserve and to protect and support a child, and then to only see him rejected and scorned, perhaps then I might be able to begin to understand the heart of a divine Father who freely gave all, even giving to the undeserving but receiving nothing but rejection and scorn for his son in return, then maybe, maybe, I might sympathetically get a taste of what God the Father has experienced as the world has scorned his son and as he gave his son over into death for each and every one of us. I want to sympathetically enter that temple too. Stand on that shaking ground, not because of an awe-inspiring feeling, but to realize that the one who had just been crucified was indeed the Son of God, and he was and is the creator of the universe, and that all of creation is his to rule and to govern. It was he who shook the earth. What I want sympathetically is to go into that temple and see that curtain that is torn, but to understand that because that curtain has been torn, it means that he has entered into heaven itself upon his death. And there he has offered up the atoning blood of his sacrifice so that just as those Jewish priests entered on the Day of Atonement into the Holy of Holies, and the entire nation of Israel was forgiven because of what that priest did upon that altar as he sprinkled that blood. That now that torn curtain means that he has entered into heaven itself. He has offered up his own blood, and your and my sins, along with the sins of the whole world, have now been forgiven. I want to know and understand that. I want to sympathetically go join Joseph of Arimathea as he carried that body to the tomb, not merely to feel what he felt, but somehow to also grasp the reality of death itself. A death that is someday going to claim me and that is someday going to claim you. A death that is going to claim your father. It's going to claim your mother. It's going to claim your brother and your sisters. And it's going to claim every one of your children. 
I want to sympathetically realize that the reason for why Jesus came, the reason for why he lived and for why he taught and the reason for why he suffered and the reason for why it is that he died so that he might destroy that power of death and open up every grave. And if I can but sympathetically grasp the futility of death as easily as I could grasp the lifeless body of Christ, then somehow I might be far better prepared to grasp the joy of what is yet to come. Not today, not tonight, not tomorrow, but on Easter morning. And so it is our prayer that our Lord and Savior would let us on this Good Friday not make this evening about sentimentalities, even though they can be sometimes nice. But we want to be able to make it sympathetically about Him and about what it is that He has so wondrously done for us out of His love. May we all sympathetically enter into the lives and the minds of all those who were present at that cross that day that we may know the greatness of the victory that he has won for us. And like sympathetic Mary, believe when we see him alive. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding guard and keep your thoughts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.